Well, Brian, since our mics are live, let's get back to the broadcast. This is Living by the Word Ministries. With Hot Brian and Allen. Yes, sir. Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins. I call him PCH. We have Eric receiving the phone calls and Gabriel making sure that all the mics stay live and uh, appropriately. Uh, what is the word we use uh, for the sound going out? Appropriately calibrated. I'm just going to use that word for the lack of a better term. But. Listen, we're going to get back to the phone calls, guys. Hang in there. But one of the things I do want to calibrate is the mindset of how long do you have to live? How long do you have to live? And if you have to live, if you have the answer to that question and you know it for sure, then I'm going to question that, you know, what you think you know for sure is not so for sure because we are not promised tomorrow. And Craig and Brian, because we're not promised tomorrow, we need to express to the people what the Bible says about just that subject matter. Since you're not promised tomorrow, what should you be doing today about the eternity that you're going to get ushered into when it's appointed on you once to die and then the judgment? PCH, you have any thoughts on that? I'm sure, Daryl. I was actually teaching about this today, earlier today, this morning. I would say to both Christian and non-Christian, we need to have our house in order. We need to have our matters in 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 order, it's kind of like you, you, your spouse needs to know where papers are, where insurance policies are, and whatever. Uh, Christians and non-Christians live as if we're going to live forever in this life, and it's they're both wrong on that account. I, I was thinking, you know, last week I had the pleasure of visiting my dad in Arizona, who turned ninety-four, and I was just reflecting. I think I did share somewhat even last week, but yes. it, it, to me it bears repeating that. My dad lived through World War II. He lived through Korea, the fighting in Chong, for example, incredibly horrible, and through Vietnam, and lived to be, he's 94, and he's still going. And yet one of my sons made it barely to 16, and his life was taken from him. And the point is, there, there's no guarantee of tomorrow, Daryl, as you well know. I think of James, the brother of John. He was killed by Herod, and yet the Lord preserved Peter, miraculously so. Um, once again, there's no guarantees. God knows how long we're going to live. Our days are numbered, and the wise person lives in light of that. You may enjoy life and plan for retirement like I'm going to live another 50 years, or whatever the case may be, depending upon the people listening to their age. Uh, but the reality is you could be taken to today, uh, before the day's over, uh, tomorrow. Um, we need to live in light of eternity. The Christian needs to have repented of their sins, confess them, homilegeo in Greek, to say the same thing, to agree with God over and over again, even in the Old Testament, any time there's a revival work of God, the, the people are confessing their sins or repenting. So we've been forgiven, but we need to keep short accounts with God, not presume on His grace, and fess up in our sins of either commission or omission. For our non-Christian friends, they need to get right with God and do it now. Because they may think, well, I'll do that later. I'm going to go live life large. I'm going to do my thing, and uh, when uh, later on in life, I'll, I'll repent. Later on in life, I'll seek God. You may not live that long, and you you may not have the time for a deathbed confession. You could be killed instantly, for example, on the freeway or otherwise, a heart attack or stroke, and be die so quickly that you don't have a chance to say much of anything. You're rolling dice on eternity. That's a losing proposition. Let me tell you something. You're betting your eternal destination that uh, God's not going to hold you accountable, that you'll have time, that you have nothing but time on your hands. No, you, you don't have time. Time is not yours. And 
uh, again, with all sincerity, with as much uh, earnestness as I could muster, I, I will plead with you, I implore you to repent. That which is to turn away from your sins, to turn towards God, to ask for forgiveness, and to thank God for forgiveness, to get right with God. And Christian, need, we need to quit presuming on the grace of God and think, God's never going to hold me accountable because I'm forgiven. Oh, Daddy's going to spank you is what he's going to do. And not because he's mean or vindictive, but because it's, it is not punitive, but we say it's remedial or corrective. Because you're, you're being a spoiled little brat, and God's going to deal with that. Mm. Cause he, he wants better for his kids, and he's not going to be, allow you to be a spoiled little brat and throw your temper tantrums. Time to grow up. Time to ask God forgiveness to grow up and quit thrashing on people and taking advantage of them and all the other things that we do to each other, even as Christians. Non-Christian, my friend, you need to get right with God from the ground up. Trust in Christ. I didn't say turn over a new leaf, try to be a, a do-gooder, uh, save the whales from the rainforest and whatever else. Um, it's time to get right with God. Trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Acknowledge your need for Him. Get right with God, which is by asking for forgiveness, repenting of your sins, and receiving the free gift of salvation that Christ gives. And your life will radically be transformed. I didn't say it was easy. I said it, it's the truth. It's right. It's good. And your eternal destiny is riding on your decisions right now. It's time to get right with God. Not tomorrow, not the day after, because you may not be here then. The day to get right with God is right here, right now. Trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Ask for forgiveness and thank God for what he's done. And get into a Bible-teaching-believing church. That's not the part that saves you, uh, but it'll help you grow and be transformed from the inside out by the Word of God working on your life and the power of the Holy Spirit who now indwells you. That, our friend, is our prayer, our earnest prayer for you right now. Joy will be had. Joy will be had by accepting Christ. Folks, 888-995-5552 is the number to join us. Um, if you have any questions, give us a call. We want to answer it from a biblical perspective. Uh, if you're on Facebook, email, tweet, um, a messenger. Uh, this is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, you can send us a question by those formats. Um, while you're on our website, please navigate around, see what they have to offer. And as far as the um, resources are concerned, now, you know what, Craig, a good segue from the gospel message is uh, our good friend Dan is calling in. If I'm understanding his question correctly, it's kind of dealing with a word you use that is actually my mom's name, uh, Grace. And I want to hear what Dan's question is about uh, Grace. Dan, welcome to the broadcast, brother. Hi. How you doing, sir? It's a really good show so far. Well, it always is. I'm not partial. Okay. Um, Thank you very much, hello, brother. Easy. How are you? Everybody's doing pretty good, guys. Say hi to Dan. Hi, Brian. Hey, Dan. Dan, what's your question for the night, my good brother? First, I want to I want to take one moment to say uh, I want to commend Eric and the uh, the engineers for doing such a great job with with some old equipment too. I might say. Well, we're, we're and, still uh, voting on that, though. <laughs> we don't know if we agree totally. You guys know that I really appreciate. I really appreciate the three of you. And, and lay off of Craig. Quit picking on my mentor. It's okay for you guys to pick on each other, but not Craig. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You'll never get that way. You better pray harder than that. You got to bring down Jerusalem on that one, brother. <laughs> Completely down. Yeah. He's a big boy. He can take it. He can handle himself. He can, he can handle himself. 
but he's the youngest of all. That's of that's, that's what I'm saying. I was the youngest in my family too. <laughs> don't pick, don't pick on the young one. Uh, <laughs> okay, the question has to do with today. I heard uh, I heard a teaching. Well, he he talked about common grace, and uh, I guess that's a teaching that came around for eighteen eighteen hundred. Um, 18th and 19th century, I guess it comes from Calvinism. And he said, uh, when did Christianity start? Did it start uh, in the 16th century? No, it started 1,600 years prior to that. And it started in the first century. So uh, nobody knew about this common grace until then, I guess. So common grace and special grace, and, then, and it made me think of, Something that you talk about uh, fairly often, Craig, is general revelation. What's revealed to the, to the saved and the unsaved that we can all see in nature, for instance, and in the universe, in the stars, as opposed to a special revelation or as revealed through the Word or revealed by the Holy Spirit. Um, and the common grace versus special grace. So those two things, I wonder if you could talk about them and and how they and how they relate to each other. Maybe I don't. Not that they relate to each other, but it's similar in its common grace and general revelation. Okay, that those are for everybody. Quick, let's get into that. Yeah. yeah what do you say, brother? Well, sure. And thanks, Dan. These are wonderful questions you served up to me, as you always do. Um, the I'm going to argue they are related. Well, uh, any standard systematic theology will deal with these concepts, general revelation, you used at least three terms, special grace or common and then common grace, and sometimes they might use slightly different vocab, but they all, they all basically refer to these concepts. And there's a whole book actually on this issue as well, written by Gordon Lewis and Bruce Demarest on, on, on revelation, on general revelation. So let me say a couple things, and, and I have a free outline. If people want it, they can contact us, and I electronic give, electronically give them a free copy of a hmm, three, four, five-page outline on special versus general revelation and what the difference is. But, but Dan, I believe they, they are related, um, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But So common grace is that God causes, as Scripture says, the sun to shine on the just and the unjust, the rain to fall on the just, the unjust. One doesn't have to be a good person or a particularly good person to still receive benefits from God. God still showers kindness upon people, and that's why it's called common, because it's common to all. God shows kindness even to those who are positively barbaric and or wicked, uh, and just uh, the evil, evilest and vilest, God still shows uh, in the bulk of life common grace to them. It's not just the righteous who get you know have the sun shine on them or their crops to grow, what have you. So, so that's common grace. A special grace would be indeed often, and some would even want to call that effectual calling, as in Calvinism. But that that's a special grace. That's a unique grace, and grace is the kindness, the benevolence of God. And this would be in particular that He pours out upon His children, uh, that He shows kindness. Uh, to us in a very special and exemplary manner. And I would argue to those who, who he's calling and bringing to himself by drawing them to himself through the Word of God and the work of the Spirit and, and convicting them of their need to Jesus Christ. And that is certainly a form of grace, because grace is, is 
it's not a stuff, but it's an attitude. Hadas or or Kedas pronounced the first, that would be more contemporary, the second, the more latter uh, pronunciation of the Greek word for for grace. And, And God shows us kindness in this, and it is his graciousness. It's an attitude. It's a frame of mind. And it, from it proceeds his mercy, which is manifest kindness, and the manifestation of God's grace. It's like uh, when, particularly when my kids were, were younger, in particular, uh, and easy to please, um, I would bring them home things that I knew they liked, a T-shirt or a shirt with, that was their favorite color, or something that I thought you know they would like. And the point was, but I was thinking about them. Even while I was traveling literally halfway around the world, I was thinking about my family back home, and I was, knew that if I got this for them, that it would bring a smile to their face, that they would appreciate it, they would enjoy it. And and so that's that's an example of, of grace that we're talking about only with God. It's that God looks fondly upon us, in particular special grace believers, and he's looking for ways to bless us. Now, sometimes that's discipline, but that's ultimately still for our good. Yes. But he's thinking fondly, kindly, graciously, to, uh, to, to use the adverb, uh, looking upon us. Now, now, two other concepts that are vital here. General revelation is, is just that. It could be called common revelation, but it's general, and that it's given to all people at all times. And so the key phrase is, uh, given to all people at all times. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. Wherever you live, whenever you've lived, or lived, or will live, the, the creation, for example, speaks of a creator. And there's at least four aspects. Two of these are, are objective, and two are subjective. So general revelation, again, I have a free outline. I know this is a lot of information, but there's at least four aspects of general revelation that's classically defined, two subjective and two objective. I'll come back to that in a moment, but this is given one more time to all people at all times. So Psalm 19, for example, the heavens declare the glory of God, or Romans 1. It speaks of a creator, and we see this in intelligent design and what's called the anthropic principle. Um, Designed eye, I mean, the incredible complexity of the body, uh, speaks of a creator. It didn't just happen. It's not just some explosion in a factory and out came watches or cars or human beings, let alone human beings. So this is all times to all people. The two objective ones are creation, uh, through creation itself, whether the human body or a creation writ large, planet Earth, our solar system, our galaxy, our universe. Uh, so that's one objective one. The other two are called order. excuse me, the other one is called orders of creation. God shows grace by the church, government, and marriage when properly uh, applied, they promote good and stem evil. Now somebody's going to say, well look, I know somebody who in government who did horrible things. Well yes, but that's a perversion of government. The government as started by God and founded by God, just like the family and the church, is to promote good, stem evil. And then the two subjective ones are conscience, number one. We have a conscience, and unless you sear that, unless you harden your heart to that, your conscience tells you you're doing something wrong, and you know you're guilty, and stop doing it. And so that's in the internal alarm clock. We're hardwired that way, and there's only people who are psycho or sociopaths or other 
cute little psychological terms you might want to use, uh, who who defy this, who don't have one, or are so run over it, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, but the, for the rest of us, the majority of humanity, we know we know better, right? And then the last one is what Calvin called the sensus divinitas, the Latin, for the sense of the divine, the sense of God. We know, and Romans 1 and 2 tells us, we intuitively know there's a God. In fact, we so know this, we have to suppress the knowledge. So someone who says there is no God, they intuitively know there is a God, and they have to, katiko, in Greek, they have to suppress that knowledge. They hold it down, like, God forbid, you're trying to drown somebody, and you're holding it under the water, and it's fighting and kicking, and that's what we do with the knowledge of God. So two objective, which would be creation, and then the orders of creation, specifically the church, government, and the family in any order, and then the two subjectives, conscience and census divinitas. Now, the, the, but the point is, we say that general revelation is a law experience. It tells us there is a God. It tells us a little bit of his, of his attributes, such he's incredibly powerful, incredibly wise. Also, we're incredibly in trouble because we've transgressed against an infinite, holy, and righteous, and all-powerful God. Whoops, that was not a smart move on our part, to say the least. So it's a law experience. It tells us we're guilty and we're in trouble. But it is, I would argue, necessary, and is the precondition, is the foundation for special revelation. Special revelation is the revelation of salvation, not just of our need for God, but in fact, it, our need for God has been met through Jesus Christ, and if we'll trust in Him as our Lord and Savior, we will be saved. So special revelation leads to salvation. General revelation in and of itself doesn't save anybody. It just shows you you're in dire trouble and you have a need. It's not the message, per se, of, and how is that need met? How is that fulfilled? God fulfills what we see and find in results from general revelation, and that leads to special revelation, and that is the actual revelation. And that would be the Word of God, Old and New Testament, for example, apostles, prophets. We could have dreams, visions, and revelations. But as Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 tells us, the ultimate special revelation, Revelation of God is none other than the second person of the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ himself. And so so that's a, a pretty complete, fairly complete picture for the yeah. time we have. And then one one more point here, just quickly, guys. is So, so this all builds up, and, and general revelation can lead properly to what's called general or natural theology. And then that leads into what's called natural law. Again, these things don't save us. They're not this special revelation message of the gospel itself. And Jesus Christ himself, or in, particularly in the New Testament, uh, the ultimate written special revelation. But it sets the tone for what's called, one more time, general revelation also leads to, can lead to, to some level, some truths about God and called general or natural theology, and then that leads to a morality that, well, we all know certain things are right and certain things are wrong. All societies have laws or rules against killing and murder. All societies value bravery and not cowardice and so on and so forth. And that's called natural law, allegedly leading to natural rights. And if someone says, that's a lot of information, that's Man, a free outline. You can have it. That's the good stuff, PCH. I appreciate that call. Hey, Dan, thanks for your call, my brother. Appreciate you as always. God nope. bless, man. Nobody does it better than that, Craig. That was great what you read off your computer. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, boy. Well, damn, well, make sure you send them. Make sure you send, send Dan something, Craig. Send him something like one of them pastrami sandwiches or something like that by, uh, yeah, Lord, by Uber Eats or something. You. There yeah. you go. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for jocking a lot, Thanks, brother. Dan. Appreciate you. I, I, I must say, I must you say. You must hurry up and say. <laughs> he wasn't reading. He wasn't reading that. We know. We, we got it. We got Thank it. So we got it. We're going to send you something by Uber Eats by Craig, a pastrami. Thanks, Dan. Boy, uh, how much did you pay that man today, uh, uh, Craig? He's all, I mean, he's like, he's your, he's your I, hype man. I think it's an annual contract. Daryl? Uh, he's Darryl, your hype man. Daryl? Not jealous, but. learn from Dan. Yeah, you yes, can I can. A little bit more hype on Craigie. <laughs> <laughs> PCH, baby, I gave you that PCH. 888 is the number. Give us a call. Or you can send us a message by way, or a question by way of Facebook, email, tweet at Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers. Brian, um, let's go back to the phone calls. Let's go to uh, West Hills and talk with Eddie. Eddie, thanks for holding on and calling in. Oh. Eddie, you with us? Yes. Hey, Eddie, how you doing? Yeah, you broke it up pretty bad. Can you come come to your phone a little bit closer, or maybe I'll put you on hold and see if we can get a better connection with you? Sure. No, that that, that sounds better. Whatever you did, that's better. Okay. Okay, can you ask? Please check John 844. Right. John 844. Okay, you want to know what that means? Yes, okay, we're yes, talking yes, about. I'm gonna take you off the line, but listen to the uh, the phone, okay? Well, it's about Cain. Yeah, but hold hold on for a second. I'm not, I'm having difficulty hearing you, but I got John eight forty four. I'm gonna put you on hold, but I want you to listen in, okay? PCH John eight forty four, which reads, Brian, you got it? Yeah. <clears throat> it says you are you are of your father the devil. I gave it and, to you, <laughs> and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, I'm going to bring Eddie back just to make sure he's asking what does that mean, and I'm going to try to get the context of what he's asking. Eddie? Yes, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. That's the one. And you want to know what that means? I think I know what that means, but I want your opinion first okay. before I can debate. <laughs> okay, well, not, we won't debate it, but we'll give you what we think about it. PCH, what do you think about John 844 and uh, you of your father, the devil? Not talking well, about you. Well, yeah, but. this isn't exactly a positive mental attitude passage. Uh, this is a harsh reality. Yeah. Meek mild Jesus is telling it like it is. He's talking to the religious leaders. If, if people would have thought, if anybody knows God, it's these guys. Pharisees, Sadducees, and others. And Jesus says, and they're they're taking Jesus on. He says, you're of your father the devil. I'm like, what? In other words, demonic origin in the sense of you're a follower of the devil. And what he's saying there is, why? Because the devil's a liar. And it's using the example of someone being from a given country and speaking what you ask, what's the native tongue or what's the language? Uh, the people who are indigenous or native to that area, what language or languages do they speak? That's their native tongue. And Jesus says the devil's native language is lying. Mm. He's the first one to lie. He's the originator 
Uh, By the way, word father in Hebrew, Av, means originator or possessor. Abigail is actually a woman's name, but it means the possessor of exuding. So when it says he's the father of it, in Greek and Hebrew, that has the idea he's the originator. He's the first one to lie, and it's his language because he lies consistently. He lies constantly. And so the devil's saying to these religious leaders, you're of your father, the devil, that is, you're not of God, you're not, you're biologically of the seed of Abraham, but you're not spiritually of it. Mm. You've been circumcised physically, but not spiritually. In fact, God is not your father. Jesus is saying, as the perfect human, God's my father, you're of the devil, you are liars like he is. And he's the originator of a liar, and he's, you know, he's the originator of murder and everything else as well. This is a, a graphic, explicit denunciation of the religious leaders. And as anybody who teaches things, even in the name of religion, that are contradictory to the truth of God and that actually prevent people from coming to the Lord, that prevent people from coming to Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, he has nothing but the harshest language from them. So that's what's going on here. So you mean he's speaking the truth in love then? Uh, well, it is spoken in love because it, I, I believe when God speaks, he's not just speaking to thrash somebody, but sometimes we're so thick-headed, it's just like, you know, if you have kids or grandkids, you know, sometimes they don't listen to the kind word. They don't listen to the softly spoken word. You have to ratchet it up sometimes. Some people simply do not listen. What am I saying? All of us don't listen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cold slap in the face. You know, yeah, as yeah, Lewis yeah. said... Suffering's God's megaphone to get our attention. And what, what helps out um, ab- about the uh, the passages uh, leading up to verse forty four. I mean, just just start really at verse thirty one, and you 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 get the total context. Uh, you, in verse thirty three, like the, the religious leaders are saying, they answered him, "We are Abraham's offspring yeah, and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is that?" <laughs> You say you shall become free. Um, you look at verse 39. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, and then he responded. And he pretty much summarized it up in verse 44. And so, um, you know, I mean, from the, if I can use a little metaphor, colloquialism from the, the streets, seemed like Jesus is playing more than just the dozens on them right here. He's really giving it to them. He's handing them their hat, as it were, but right in the areas where they think they got it going on. Eddie, that's a great question, Eddie. We appreciate your phone call, brother. Thank you. And what's and it's what's really cool if you read on, you, you're gonna you're gonna get some strong passages dealing with the yeah. deity of Christ. Um, when uh, before Abraham sh- was, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in first fifty three says, Shirley, you are uh, you're not greater than our father Abraham, who died. The prophets <laughs> died too. Who do you make yourself out to be? And then uh, when Jesus responded, um, uh, when when he made his comment, he, you know, about uh, your father Aaron rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it uh, and, and was glad. Mm. So not only, and, and then obviously the passage you just referred to, uh, Daryl, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am, ego, uh, ego and me. Mm in the Greek, and then they picked up stones because, you know, he, uh, you know, they th- they consider that blasphemy. So, I mean, it goes full circle. I mean, look, uh, John, we, uh, Dave, hold on, we're going to get to your phone call, but guys, 
I try to place myself in these situations when I'm reading the Word of God because it's much more fun to me. And I can see me in the background here when Jesus, when Jesus, they going back and back. I'm going, ooh, oh, 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 you know, so like egging the whole thing on. Not that he needed any egging on. Like you're in a boxing you know, match. Man, it's, Craig, I don't know if you guys do that, but I don't know. If it, is that blasphemous that I'm doing? No, I know it's not. But it's just the idea you place yourself in there, you can almost visualize what's going on, man. Jesus, they're going back and forth, and I just hear myself uh, egging them on. Get them, Jesus. Get them. Tell them some more stuff. Uh, go ahead, open your mouth, Sadducee. Go ahead and see what he now, says now. Are, are you punning him on? Are you punning? Yes, I, yes I are. Him on? Yes, I are. But, I mean, I mean, think, think about Jesus just confronting them, just say, you know what, you are, that, you are of your father the devil. You know they have some characters that, back there. That must have really just, like, got, got to them. I mean, it's messing, it's messing well, up the collection plate. <laughs> well, yeah, no, Brian's point is so powerful. I mean, you're right. So you went on to John eight fifty eight, where mm-hmm. he says, you know, before Abraham was, yeah. uh, before Abraham comes into existence, I already exist. But but in eight, verse 24, they wanted to know who he was, and he says, uh, if you believe not that I am, and again, it's ego or me, you shall die in your sins. And they get it because they want to kill him, because yes. he's using the Greek for what's relayed in Exodus 3.14 from the Hebrew. They knew what he was claiming. He's claiming to be God. And they reject it, and they, they, they start insulting him, and Jesus just lays it out. But, you know, today we go, oh, that's not nice. You can't talk like that. Look, there's something worse than not talking nice, and I'll debate the nice word there. It's, it's, it's letting people go to a crisis attorney because yes. you're not willing to tell them the truth. That's not nice, Indeed. put Indeed. it mildly. What is that cologne you used to have? You say you need a cold slap in the face to get it? Well, that's right. Yeah, you know, I, I I did tell Eddie thank you very much, but um, I'm being told Eddie is back. He want to make a quick response. I'm gonna allow him to do that. Okay, Eddie, I I did let you go, but go ahead, make your quick response since you're back. A phone call with and debating this Bible people. Okay, go ahead, Eddie. You said you're debating the Bible people and what now? Yes, uh, apparently, uh, the, the original Hebrew in Genesis four seventeen. Enoch, I mean, Cain was uh, exiled by God to the city of Nod, which some people say it's uh, Mongolia. It doesn't matter. But he found a wife there. That means there were people there way before Adam and Eve. And he found a wife there, and then his first, his first born was Enoch. Then it followed by Irad, the Ujael. Oh, okay, Eddie, hold on, hold on for a second, Eddie, just just because I thought you was going to comment on what we just talked about is answering your question, but if you want to make some further comments, something like that, then why don't you do me a favor, send it to us in an email form because we don't really get into the comments after we answer your question, so my apologies to you on that. I thought you was going to expound on, you know, what we had just yeah. said in regards to your question, yeah. okay? okay? Well, well that, that, I, that's understandable, but uh, if you can also trace the, the, the descendants of... Uh, Abel, which is the second son of uh, Adam and Eve, the legal son, because this generation started with right, right, with all the way, all the way to Jesus. Eddie, Christ. let me let me interrupt you again, Eddie. Let me let me interrupt you. And that's what I want you to write to us by email. Send us that information on email because I, we dealt with your question. I thought you wanted to come back and make a quick comment on that. So we're going to carry on, but I appreciate that. So. Eric, if you can let Eddie know, he can give him an email address that he can just call us. I mean, email us at Bible Info Brokers. Go on that website and send us an email uh, comment on what you were talking about there, Eddie. We want to move 
move forward. Brian, I need you to help me out with this because we only have about 25 minutes left in the broadcast. If you don't mind, with your best soothing voice without any kind of mood music, let the people know how they can give financially to this broadcast. No mood music, guys. No mood music. We don't want to influence anybody that Can they participate? They can definitely participate. And, Craig, you mentioned something about uh, electronically sending somebody something digitally and electronically, and that wasn't telephonically, right? Because we can't send it telephonically to them, can we? Well, before before the— That's right, Bill. Electronically, but not telephonically. Very good. We're going to get a bumper sticker on that one. Go ahead, Brian. And you say I have the keys. (laughs) No, and it's so true, Daryl. We, we definitely need to hear from our listening audience. Uh, you know, th- this radio broadcast, it, it, what we do every week, week in and week out, it, it costs money to, to be on the air, to to do the things we do. And so uh, if you believe in this radio ministry, if you uh, enjoy what you hear, uh, we're going to ask that you help support this radio ministry by donating to it. Um, and it's between you and the Lord. It really is. Um, but if you do, you can go right to the website, go to bibleinfobrokers.com, bibleinfobrokers.com, click on the link that says support and donate, and you can give right then and there. It's very, very easy to do. Um, the other, uh, way you can give is you can give, uh, by check. You can mail in a check, money order, uh, cash a check, however you want to do it. But if you want to use snail mail, you can. Uh, make your donation out. Make your check out to Living by the Word, Living by the Word, and that's it. Uh, and you can mail it to P.O. Box nine zero four seven seven, P.O. Box nine zero four seven seven, Los Angeles, California nine zero 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 nine. Again, Los Angeles, California nine zero 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 nine. And I, I definitely want to thank everyone that uh, supports this ministry financially. I want to thank everyone who supports this ministry through their prayers. And so, um, and I want to, uh, and I hope you continue to support us, continue to pray for us. And uh, again, those were the uh, sites that you can give and the uh, address that you can make your donation to. You know what, guys, and Brian, you also I want to just remind the people about your Bible study on Wednesday and also <clears throat> remind them about the chronological reading that we have available for them on the website. Not on the website, actually, on the Facebook page, whereby this is the, what, the 30th day. So we are just left uh, Genesis, and now we're moving into Exodus. And I'm telling you guys, take advantage of reading the Word of God daily. It'll just bless your life, even if you just listen to it and follow along. That's another good way to do it, but I happen to do it chronologically. Take advantage of that. Go to our Facebook page, and you can follow along. And then if you have any questions or comments, by all means, type them right there on the Facebook page uh, when you're done. Brian, about your uh, yeah, you Bible know, study. You know, Daryl, we've been, we've been having some issues on Wednesday just because, in like this Wednesday, I have a... Uh, our our managers coming in from out of town. Oh, we yeah, have a meeting yeah. the same time. And last week I had another with work. Um, I had a Zoom meeting with uh, an entire class and their parents mm. in the evening because the parents don't can't do anything till the evening time. Uh, so what I might do is because uh, they don't want to miss, you know, again. Uh, I'm I'm going to send an email out and see if we can just go on maybe a Thursday night this week. I'm going to try to switch it up because uh, sometimes work gets in the way and I'm I'm obligated to things. But normally it's on a Wednesday, 730. uh, You can go to BIB VBS, Bible Info Brokers Virtual Bible Study. 
And, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to get started on the Watchtower, going into the Book of John, going into the Deity of Christ. And so uh, that's what's up next. But an email will be going out uh, sharing with everyone if we're going to switch it to Thursday for this week or not. So, But normally it's on a Wednesday night. Gotcha. Well, you know what? I don't want to have the people go and fed on Wednesday. So I, I, have, I have this channel called His Channel. Uh, I don't think it's Craig's, but it's definitely his channel that Craig can do some some relatively feeding folks on Wednesday. Craig, are you available Wednesday to do anything for us? Are you asking about my channel or his channel? I'm his. I don't think you have one yet. We, we're working towards that, though. <laughs> but I do have the pleasure. Absolutely. His channel, literally hischannel.com, Internet TV, and some great programming on there. And I had the pleasure of doing a Bible and cults and the occult and those type of questions too. Program on Wednesdays from one to two, one to two on Wednesdays on his channel, and uh, people can. There's a number, and people can call that number and they can text in their questions and we'll attempt to answer them. So you know, Bible questions, apologetics, the stuff like the stuff we deal here. Just another a- another avenue, another opportunity to get the gospel, the good news out, and to attempt to answer questions on what people ought to believe and or just basic Bible questions. His channel, just literally H-I-S, hischannel.com, uh, on Wednesdays from 1 to 2. Appreciate that, PCH. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me make a general statement, and I see that we lost um, David there, but I have David's question, so maybe we can deal with his question as David want to call back in. I want to make a general disclaimer in regards to the various calls that we get, and sometimes we go longer with some, not so long with other ones, and we try to move the broadcast along, with, you know, which we feel that is a a, a very, you know, sort of a seamless show, and, and when we have a subject matter, sometimes people may call in a little later about the subject we just dealt with, and then I may suggest to the people that Send us an email. And here's what I would really suggest that you guys do. Whether it's on email at our .com website, uh, Bible Info Brokers, or it's on our Facebook page, you can actually get right in there and make your comments. Because this being a question and answer format, we believe that is the best format that we can do, and we've been doing it for some years, as far as getting as many questions as we can asked and answered. And, you know, sometimes we will go along on a question, you know, but the prerogative is for the for the team to decide that. So when I seem like I'm cutting folks off, I'm not really cutting you off to be rude or anything like that. I'm not doing like Jesus did the Pharisees and the Sadducees about, you know, saying they're from Satan and all that kind of stuff. But what I am doing is trying to get a seamless show where we can get as many questions as we can. But you have a privilege and opportunity to send us questions, just like Craig mentioned about his channel. You can send questions during the middle of the week. You can send questions during the middle of the week as far as the Facebook page, as far as our dot com website, you can send us email questions. You can even make comments. Now, even in your comments, we can develop questions out of your comments. So, to maintain the integrity of our, our broadcast on Sunday, we want those questions for Sunday. And if you have any comments, anything like that, by all means, all week long, flood us with them. We appreciate that. The more people that um, communicate with us, the more that we know there's listening out there. And we want to give uh, vital information and answers to your questions. So even if they come in a comment form, do that on the weekday, but not during the broadcast, because I have to get you to get right to the question. And I hope you weren't taking that as a, a castigatorial type way, easy of speaking to you. But I just need to move the show along. Even when we have calls or not so many calls, we still want to honor that format. So I appreciate you understanding that. So God bless you on that. Now, Dave did call in, but I don't know if Eric hung up on him or not. I doubt that very seriously, Craig, because we don't do that type of stuff on this side of the studio. But Dave, 
Craig, come back from your break now. You're laughing, Craig. You shouldn't be laughing. Are you taking a break right now? <laughs> anyway. No, but Dave called in, and he was asking a question from the from John 1-1. And he was asking a question, and it's um, a pretty common question, guys. It says, uh, he was saying on this question, what was in the beginning if God was always there? In John 1-1, what was in the beginning if God was always there? Well, I mean... No, no, it's... If you look at it, it basically says you, you really, it's really saying before the beginning began. What? That's not like double talk, Brian. Say that. No, before the beginning began. God has always been there. The okay? okay. And so, and that's one thing maybe people, you know, people can't get their their head around that God had no beginning and God had no end. And so in John 1 1, where it says in the beginning was the word or the logos. Uh, and the Word was with God, okay? So you have the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? Um, and then uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being. So before anything existed, earth, insofar as earth, planets, uh, people, humans, whatever, God has already existed, Forever, forever to the left and forever to the right. There's, he, he had no beginning. And so. You um, mean as far as the east is from the west? Exactly. <laughs> so basically, when it says in the beginning, I mean, sometimes you can kind of say before the beginning began. And mm. before the beginning, that means creation of man, earth, universe, so on and so forth. So, Craig, how would you, would, would it be wrong then, Brian and Craig, to say in the beginning, God? Pause, then God created to kind of get a better uh, flow with that. Because if, if in the beginning God, is that even a true statement? You're saying even in the beginning, it was God was before the beginning began or before everything in was In the created. beginning, and we're talking about life here on earth. Okay. In the beginning, God um, was the word and the word was with God. And God God created everything. I can't think of any better way to say it, Craig. How is he going to communicate that to uh, these anthropomorphic beings that we are? Well, right. Um, of course, by the way, uh, the, the actual Greek text is Enarche en Halagos. And literally, in beginning was the word. And Brian's absolutely right. The Greek construction is really when the beginning began or before the beginning began, was the Word. Why? Because there is no beginning with God. Brian was absolutely correct. The beginning here is the beginning of creation, so many scholars rightly note the parallelism between John 1, 1, or early John 1, 1 through 5, and, and Genesis 1, 1 through 3. 3 they're, they're parallel. So the beginning here is of creation, that is, our universe, our solar system, our galaxy, planet Earth. It's not God's beginning, because God doesn't have a beginning. The technical term is the aseity of God, the self-existence and therefore the eternality of God. God's always existed, but our universe hasn't always existed, and of course we haven't always existed. So uh, the Greek text is very clear. By the way, it is interesting, the word arche is used, and the arche can mean literally the very beginning of something, or it can mean a chief 
or important point. For example, in the book of Acts, it says, at one point, while Peter was uh, preaching, it says the Holy Spirit fell on them. And the other said, when, at the beginning, uh, but the word archaic can mean literally the very beginning or at some key time. So the devil, when it says, by the way, he's a liar from the beginning, mm-hmm. same Greek word, archaic there, to go back to that earlier question, um, just to say that it doesn't mean God made him as a liar, and he lied right when God made him. It means at some very early time, at a key or pivotal point, we would say, he began to lie. And so that's the word used here, and it's used without the article, because in Greek they do a different structure, but there is only one beginning, and that is the beginning of our world, and by that I mean our Earth, our solar system, our galaxy, our universe, uh, you and me. Well, guys, look, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm on as far as what we have left in the broadcast, I'm going to give the number out for anybody want to call in, but we only have about seven more minutes or so, maybe eight at the most, left in the broadcast. Uh, the number is 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552, if you have a question you want to get answered uh, before next week. And don't forget, I said, you can also send those questions in all during the week through our various methods of Facebook, um, email, or whatever, and that's Bible Info Brokers of the various formats. Brian? Here we have a couple of questions on Facebook, okay. Daryl. Um, this is from uh, David Nava. He said, uh, he, just, he has a couple of questions. What did Jesus mean by, until now you have asked nothing in my name? Is that for us today, perhaps it's because his name is not Jesus, but Yeshua? No, <laughs> that's not it. Okay. And... Um, the next question is, if I turn on my video, oh, is again, you you're just meaning, I okay, can you address the meaning of Jesus' statement? I came in, I came in my Father's name, and you rejected me. Uh, another will come in His own name, and Him you will accept. The Father's name is Yahweh. His Son is Yahweh, is Yeshua. Now we can see what he meant. So that's a little um, confused. Um, they're close. Um, no, that's so. Look, I can say Yeshua. I can say Jesus. And I can say Jesus. That's the name Jesus or Yahweh of salvation in three different languages. It's the same thing. It's just a different language. So some people get hung up and think you have to pronounce God's name in Hebrew. Well, by the way, the Hebrews can't even correctly pronounce God's name, our Jewish friends, because they quit doing it, and then they put the vowels out, and then they couldn't remember how it should be pronounced. So there's almost this, like, cult-type teaching of you got to use the Hebrew, or and you got to pronounce it correctly. Well, then we're all in trouble, because none of us pronounce it correctly, because we're not sure. God, God's not hung up on getting his name straight in the sense of pronouncing it correctly. It's that you call on the right God, right? We seem to think, well, if you don't call him by his, his correct name, he's not going to answer. Uh, that's not the issue. And so so the language issue is whether it's anglicized as in Jesus or Yeshua, right? But Yeshua is Yahweh, yad heh wah Yahweh is salvation, um, so, but it comes from the name of God. So, with all due respect, the Father's name is Yahweh, Jesus' name is Yahweh, and the name of the Holy Spirit is Yahweh. Uh, God is a title, and this person didn't make that, that confusion. God is a title, it's not a name, like Prime Minister or President, those are titles, not names. 
But I have a hand, free another free handout and show you that all three members of the Trinity are called Yahweh. So, uh, so Jesus' earthly name is yeah Yeshua in Hebrew, right? And the Aramaic could be very similar, but the lingua franca at the time was Greek, and, and so Jesus was probably referred to literally by Jesus, if you will, as much as anything. Um. So, anyways. There's just so, so there's just a little confusion when they, when they I believe they said the Father is Yahweh and Jesus is Yeshua. No, Jesus is Yah- also called Yahweh. Uh, for example, you look at uh, for instance uh, Romans ten uh, thirteen, if you will. Jesus is called they that call upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord is quoting from Joel two thirty two and is the tetragrammaton of the divine name. I know I'm getting technical, but when people ask questions like this, and, and it sounds like they're really sophisticated, but they're kind of confused, then I'm going to put I'm going to push it up a level and get a little more technical and explain what's actually going on with the languages. I, I hope that's helpful. Me as well, Brian. Do we have any more questions on Facebook? Anything? Not that. I didn't see any myself. Well, no. guys, what I'm going to do is because we have about about five minutes or so, I'm going to ask that you guys would um, dig deep into your heart, into your mind, and express to our listening audience what may be going on with you that you want the Christian world to know if you were no longer going to be with us because we're not promised tomorrow. What would you say, Brian? Or Craig? Repeat that again, Dale. We're not promised tomorrow. What would you want the Christian world to know uh, from you if this was your last day, but you just didn't know it? Uh, I would personally, I would kind of like reiterate what you said, is, and that's the fact that we are not promised tomorrow. And you can take a boatload of uh, situations and examples, and you can probably uh, talk to a lot of people you know, and they know people that, you know, died unexpectedly, uh, you know, major accidents, uh 9-11 situations like that and you know Craig mentioned it earlier uh, about the fact that you know uh, and I say it every week eternity is too long to be wrong and that it's nothing to play with I, I think your eternity is nothing you should play with and realize just the fact that you watch the news and you see things that go on and you think that it's not going to happen to you and it very well could happen mm-hmm. to you, and you can't you, you can't take that you know you can't take that gamble. I, I really, it's it's just it's a it's a crazy gamble to make, you know. And so, I would just pray and hope that people, when they when they hear the message that that's being given out, and hear the fact that eternity is too long to be wrong. I mean, just if you if you if you're really sincere about it, if you really want to know the truth, you know, start digging and getting the answers to the questions. Because uh, if if you're really sincere about it, uh, if you really go to bed at night and think about, you know, gosh, when I die, what's going to happen to me? You know, if you're really serious about that question, then I would definitely say. <clears throat> um, Listen to the words that were that you heard, and realize that eternity is too long to be wrong, and the fact that you can go any second—heart attack, mm. burglar can come in, shoot you, get hit by a car, 
Uh, there's just so many, so many scenarios, COVID-19, yeah. whatever. So, uh, and li- like I put on my Facebook, you know, if, if I'm right about, if I'm wrong about what I believe, I've lost a lifetime. I've lost a life. But if you're wrong about what I'm saying, then you're going to lose an eternity. And yeah. there's a big difference. You know, PCH, we have about three minutes left. I'm going to give you those three minutes in regards to the same question. I mean, it's stemming from a conversation I have with my, my oldest son about that, about, okay, I'm dead tomorrow. What you going to do? What you going to say at my uh, my memorial? And um, we had a good conversation about that. We talk like that all the time, so it's not a morbid conversation. We just deal with the realities of life because he lost someone who he just kind of met vicariously through some comedy something. And the funny thing was the guy was young and they were talking about COVID, they, you know, and then the guy wind up dying the next day about of COVID. Wow. And um, so, Craig, um, take about two and a half minutes and express your heart and your thoughts. Well, sure, I just build on what I said earlier and what Brian reiterated and actually what I was teaching on this morning is, look, here's the reality. Whether people believe it or not, they're going to meet God at a judgment seat. The non-Christians going to Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. You think there's not a God, you think you're God, you think you're good enough. Uh, all those are going to be disproven, and you're going to get the definitive evidence while you're not going to heaven, uh, because you're not perfect, and you're not who you think you are. We have an inflated views of ourselves, and we don't own our stuff. But the Christians go into a judgment seat as well. Now, not for salvation, but for rewards, or not. They go into the Bama seat, as we mentioned earlier, Daryl, the Greek word, for example. Uh, it's the root of the word found in Second Corinthians 5.10. We are all going to appear, that is, all believers. And I'm not saying we can't enjoy life, and I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy life, but we do need to live in light of eternity, as you both have said. We've said tonight, you're not promised tomorrow, uh, but even if you get 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 more years, you're still going to appear before God someday and give an account of how you lived or didn't. And I, I suggest to you, in light of 1 Corinthians 3, some people are going to be pretty sad. Some people are going to be pretty upset because they squandered this life. And I said to the class I was teaching today, one of the, one of my final points, my one of my salvos was, how will people remember you? What is your legacy? What will when they go to eulogize you, which literally from the Greek means to speak well of, uh, what are they going to say about you? I mean, because you know, again, not to be morbid, but as we've said, we're not we're not living forever. Whether it's today, tomorrow, the next week, or next month, or fifty or a hundred years from now, we're all going to die. Should the Lord tarry, I suggest just like my final thought here: if you talk to a retirement planner in this life, they'll say, "Look, start planning for retirement now. Yes. Start saving now, not tomorrow, not next week. Now, live in light of eternity." Now, if you don't know Christ, trust Him as your Lord and Savior. If you do, then start walking closely with Him and invest in eternity. Use your time, talents, and treasure to invest in people. You invest in the Lord by investing in people, knowing God's Word, sharing God's Word, sharing the Gospel. That's what it's all about. And if you missed that, my friend, you're just whistling Dixie in the dark because you've missed everything. 
Indeed, listen, we're about to come to the, uh, the close of the broadcast for the night. And I'll just simply say this. I, I joke with myself. I don't take myself too serious, but I take myself very serious when it comes down to the things of God. Uh, my name being Fulton, F-U-L-T-O-N, and sometimes when I'm acting F-O-O-L-T-O-N, foolishly, and it's just joking around. But one thing is not a joke at all, and we were, uh, were dealing with it from the standpoint of um, Luke 12 today in church. We were talking about the rich ruler or the rich guy who built those barns up and then his soul was required of him. Well, Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy, Daryl Easy D. Fulton, saying that my name is Fulton, F-U-L-T-O-N, full of grace because of God's grace, the common grace we talked about before. Please learn about it. Come to a knowledge of it because eternity, as Brian said so often, is too long to be wrong and we're not playing with it because Bible information brokers have the privilege to come to you week in and week out as God willing to give you more of what God says about the various things that are going on in your life. Support us, pray for us, and by all means, let somebody know that there's a God in heaven that loves you, that person that you're talking to. God bless you until we see you next week. <laughs>